0: Good afternoon and welcome to the Monday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll hear from Dairy Farmers of Canada Vice President David Weens, and up first in today's country comment, I'll chat with Manitoba Canola Growers Executive Director Delaney ross Burtnak. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Joining us now is Delaney Ross-Burtnack, Executive Director with the Manitoba Canola Growers, to talk about their upcoming annual general meeting taking place virtually next week.
1: So we will be going ahead with a virtual AGN this year. I can tell you that was a tough one, <laughs> having to make that change with the recent extension to the public health orders. But it is what it is. So we are going to uh, go ahead and make sure that we you know, do our utmost to protect the health of our members and employees and partners and go with this virtual event this year. Um, so it will be hosted the morning of February 17th, that's a Thursday, at 9 a.m. And that's a new time, as we did change uh, to this virtual event. So we'll be hosting it on Zoom this year. That's a little bit different than last year, and it gives us some more functionality, which we're really excited about. So our membership will be on Zoom, our uh, and we'll live stream for the non-voting guests. So... Everybody who can vote is on Zoom and that, uh, this is great. It'll allow us to vote. Uh, members can ask questions and that can either be typed into, uh, the box or, uh, actually spoken at the event, which is great. Uh, they can chat via the text box with each other, um, and it will just be a, a far more, a far more similar experience to what we could have had in person, which is what we're excited about. We're hoping that uh, having this virtual event, you know, as much as it's not ideal, we were looking forward to seeing everyone this year, uh, but we are hoping that that will encourage members from across the province to to listen in, hear what we accomplished in 2021, share their ideas and concerns, and also help us celebrate. We've got some incoming board members, some outgoing board members, and uh, the Canola Award of Excellence will be announced at the meeting this year, so we're hoping... Folks can
0: join us. And if people uh, want to register, how do they go ahead and do that?
1: Yeah, so we do ask for pre registration. Uh, that ideally before February 11th, we'll do our utmost if, if folks miss the deadline, but we're we're asking that uh, if they could register at, in advance at canola before February 11th, that'll make sure that we can get everything in place to give everybody the best experience they can have. So, uh, once they pre register an email with login instructions will be sent to all of those uh, who have registered for the virtual event. And, um, uh, just a note <laughs> that junk folder gets some folks. So just make sure that if you haven't seen the email after you register that you check your junk folder in case it got put into there.
0: And, uh, Delaney wanted to talk a little bit about, uh, the recent, um, elections. Um, yeah. f- fill us in on, uh, on the, uh, results there.
1: Yes, we are very excited to have two new directors and two returning directors. Uh, So Charles Fossey and Pam Bailey will be returning to our board, which we're very excited about. They've been fantastic contributors to uh, the direction of the association. And uh, we're excited to also welcome um, Jackie Dudgeon and Warren Ellis will uh, be coming onto the board, uh, brand new this year. So um, exciting to have some diversity on our board. We're up to three ladies, uh, five gentlemen, and uh, a little bit of regional diversity. We're still working on getting even uh, further out across the province, but uh, but very excited to have some new folks come join us.
0: That was Delaney Ross-Burtnack, Executive Director with the Manitoba Canola Growers Association. The group's annual general meeting takes place February 17th. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Knut. The global soy food market is expected to grow by 5.2% between 2021 and 2026. Savita International is partnering with Manitoba farmers to produce food-grade soybeans for high-value markets around the world, including Asia, Europe, Africa, and North America. Here's business manager Sandy Hart.
2: Our core export markets are in Asia, so they're used in the uh, the more traditional Soy foods, um, so your your tofu, miso, soy milk, um, and some natto products. We are seeing expanding interest in uh, soybeans for for use in um, in like imitation meats, miracle meats, that uh, that sort of thing. But by far, um, the, the majority of the of the production that we procure that we uh, produce as Civita, is, is used in the manufacturing of those um, of those long standing soy foods overseas.
0: Hart says about 25,000 acres of non-GMO soybeans were grown in Manitoba last year. And last week, dairy farmers of Canada unveiled the goal to reach net zero greenhouse gas emissions from farm-level dairy production by the year 2050. Here's Vice President David Weens.
2: Much of the work that is necessary to meet those 2050 targets in terms of you know, carbon footprint are already being practiced by dairy farmers, so it, it, it's doing more Of that. Uh, You know, as dairy farmers, we do have a long history of of that uh, environmental stewardship.
0: From 1990 through to 2019, Canadian dairy farmers reduced the carbon footprint of milk production by 22% through improved management practices. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Egg Wire from Monday, February 7th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll hear from Dairy Farmers of Canada Vice President David Weens. Last week, Dairy Farmers of Canada unveiled the goal to reach net zero greenhouse gas emissions from farm level dairy production by the year 2050 with a milestone in 2030. On Friday, I caught up with David Weens. He's the vice president of Dairy Farmers of Canada.
2: That announcement was made at... at, uh... Our uh, Dairy Farmers of Canada policy conference yesterday, and we're uh, we're pretty excited about moving forward on that. And you know, when we think of it, much of the work that is necessary to meet those twenty fifty targets in terms of, of uh, you know carbon footprint are already being practiced by dairy farmers. So it's it, it's doing more of that. And and you know, uh, you know, as dairy farmers, we do have a long history of of that environmental stewardship. Uh, and, and in fact uh, a few figures that we have here is uh from nineteen ninety to twenty nineteen we've decreased our our carbon footprint for for milk production by uh twenty four percent on a per liter of milk basis and uh and in the you know in terms of water usage on the farm you know uh, needed to uh, produce one kilogram of milk that has been reduced by uh by six percent over the last uh number of years and then the land usage uh, has gone down by 11% in terms of, of uh, maintaining the, the milk production that we have today. So there's been some great strides that have been made here, and uh, we're continuing along that line.
0: Is there a milestone as well for 2030? You know, uh, basically our,
2: our commitment aligns with the, uh, uh, with the greenhouse gas emissions reduction initiatives from the federal government. And a lot of this is spearheaded by the provincial and municipal uh, governments and, uh, and other uh, private sector organizations. So under, under the, the Canada Net Zero Emissions Accountability Act, the government has made a legislative commitment to achieve, uh, you know, net zero by 2050, uh, but an interim uh, target of reducing greenhouse gas emissions by 40 to 45 percent uh below 2005 levels by by 2030. So that's kind of an an interim uh target there. Uh, and and we're seeing a lot of uh of of the provinces and cities uh, in Canada that that have uh also, you know, set up uh, those targets uh, for themselves. And so that's what we're doing here um and and we'll we'll continue to uh, work on these things. Of course, you know, as as you know for uh, uh you know, dairy farms are being passed down you know generation to generation, and so there's a real strong sense that that uh, you know the longevity and the sustainability of our farms is really important because there's always a the next generation that's that's coming coming up, and we want to leave things uh you know in, in an even better way for those generations so that uh, that's uh you know something that we've been uh, practicing for a long time already
0: you mentioned the um annual dairy policy conference um fill us in on what's happening there
2: well certainly uh one of the the highlights there has been again uh, has been the environmental aspect we have had the the, the minister of uh of the uh, uh the federal minister of the environment that uh, sp- spoke at our conference uh, also was you know very excited about what uh you know about the targets that we have set for ourselves that that align with uh was something that the the federal government is uh, is putting out there as well, and and also you know just talked about uh, uh, some of the the programs that are uh, you know that are there to help us uh, you know to to help support us in terms of, of che- achieving those targets. Uh, also, you know there was uh, you know some discussion about uh, you know our environmental partners that we're working with, like uh, for example, uh, Tree Canada. Uh, Ducks Unlimited Canada and Clean Farms, and and so all of these uh, uh, organizations, you know, have innovative projects that that are customized to to the uni- unique land and water c- uh, conditions, you know, as well as the flora and fauna around our our family farms. So those, there there was a uh, actually a fair bit of discussion about that.
0: That was Dairy Farmers of Canada Vice President David Weens. Two new Durham wheat lines from AAFC show improved resistance to Fusarium head blight, one of which is the first in the world to show intermediate resistance to FHB. Glenda Leal and Vossler talked with AAFC breeder Dr. Ruan on the discovery that he and his team made at the Swift Current Research and Development Center.
3: Dr. Ruan, tell us about these two lines and their advantages, starting, of course, with DT 2009. That's the new line with the intermediate resistance to FHB. It's registered as AAC Schrader with the CFIA and marketed through FP Genetics.
4: AEC Schrader will uh, provide better protection uh, to FHB infection and secure uh, farmers' investment. In addition, uh, AAC Schrader has a high yield uh, good straw strength and high protein concentration it has a uh, especially uh, good drought tolerance uh, throughout the twenty twenty one green season uh, large parts of canada including western canada had uh, extreme drought weather conditions. AEC Strider showed very good field performance last year, uh, yielding 9 uh, to 11 uh, percent more than uh, uh, current uh, popular durum uh, Caldwell.
3: And that was during the drought. Yes. Yeah. So it really, really shows the the improvement that we're seeing with this new line now. Let's move on now and talk about the other Durham line that was registered last year. And that one, of course, is DT2005. Talk to us a little bit about this and the characteristics of this Durham line and what it brings to producers.
4: Um, Yeah, uh, DT2005 also released last year. Uh, It shoots a high yielding with a good quality profile, uh, also improved FAB resistance. It especially uh, has excellent yellow pigment in a green uh, over a current Codwell. Yellow pigment is one of the most desirable traits to our international customers. It also has better uh, uh, yielding and draw tolerance.
3: Now we mentioned these just got registered last year how long before producers can look forward to seeding these new varieties?
4: Uh, DT-2009 uh, uh, has been registered, the uh, shader. It will be available uh, within two, within three years because there the, is the a seed production uh, that take time to produce the seeds. Uh, then can uh, go go to the market. For DT 2005, uh, it's still uh, available for seed company. So that will take more time uh, to be available for the market.
3: That's Dr. Ruan, a Durham breeder with AAFC. He was talking about the two new Durham wheat lines with improved resistance to Fusarium head blight. For Golden West, I'm Glendalee Allen-Bossler.
0: Thanks, Glendalee. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. On behalf of Glendalee Allen-Bossler, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. The Prairie Organics Conference takes place February 8th and 9th. It'll be held virtually. Manitoba Beef Producers is hosting its 43rd Annual General Meeting February 10th in an online setting. Visit their website to register. The Manitoba Organic Alliance Annual Meeting takes place via Zoom February 15th. Register on their website. And Crop Connect 2022 has been cancelled this year, but a number of AGMs are going online. That includes Manitoba Pulse and Soybean Growers, February 16th at 9am. Manitoba Oat Growers, February 16th at 1pm. Manitoba Canola Growers, February 17th at 9am. And the Manitoba Crop Alliance will host its AGM online February 17th, starting at 1pm. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Monday afternoon... Javier Vargas is a farm management consultant with MNP Limited. He gave a presentation last month at Keystone Agricultural Producers' Annual General Meeting.
5: Why, as a farmers, uh, do do contracts? Why? What is what is the reason that we do contract as a farmers? Um, the first thing that we think is is important is uh, you need to lock your profit. Right? If you forward contract, is because you. Know that the price that it offered you in August, September, or whatever is the time, is good for your for your business. So you're making a profit, whatever your profit margin profit is. If you wanna go 10%, 50, whatever it is your margin uh, for your business, um, that's what you do. You lock your profit, um, you minimize your your risk, um, having insure your profit. So you know how much is going are you gonna get. Um, the second thing that you do is to manage your inventory manage your inventory some people don't have enough bean space some people um don't have beans at all um, right um so just 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 to help move move some stuff out of your uh, out of your uh, out of your farm so you don't uh, you don't have to move everything in one specific time things like that. Some people do that just for the inventory management. Especially when the farms are in, in in a good financial position, uh, people just play on on that uh, on that using using that just sell a little bit here and there forward contract and then hold. Um, cash flow planning, uh, on my experience, is is one of the biggest and many farmers do is just basically forward contract for when they need to pay bills, right? And um, and it's not the best strategy most of the times. Uh, I know some people are just they, that's the only option they have to get some cash. It's not a best strategy because you won't never necessarily get uh, get the best price, right? It's just kind of whatever you need the cash, you sell it that time, and and um, and uh, and then move on, move on, right? Uh, security delivery and space space uh, at the elevators. Like we know, like October, uh, sorry. Uh, September, October, and sometimes beginning on November, elevators are really tight. Everybody is 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 bringing bringing grain, so you don't have a space. So you have to manage your 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 space at home. You need cash. You 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 know you need to move them that that grain that time. So you need to do it. So that's that's kind of a you get forced to do that, and. Um, that's that's the other reason. Um, the 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 other big reason that people do is uh, you you have your your financial risk, right? Your financial risk is based on your price risk and your production production risk. Both has a lot of it um, a lot of it uh, internal internal um, events that changing, but having your 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 uh, price risk shifting to your production risk is kind of one thing less for you to worry uh so some people just um, understand what is what is going to be my my profit lock into it i forget about it so i know I'm, I'm gonna make some money if 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 i get it to the elevator but now i need to worry about how can i get that grain into the elevator uh modern nature um, every time I've been working in Canada for 20 years with farmers all the time, uh, um, and is is everyone in the world? I'm. We have a little bit of a farm back in Colombia as well, and and um, and the modern nature just play a big, 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 uh, um, card in, into into this. So uh, I know it, it's, it's a little bit difficult, but but that's how that's how we forward contract. Maybe you do it. Uh, Not consciously, but that's
0: that's what has happened. That was Javier Vargas, farm management consultant with MNP Limited. He spoke at the recent Keystone Egg Producers Annual General Meeting. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Dairy Farmers of Canada hosted its annual Dairy Policy Conference last week. The group unveiled a goal to reach net zero greenhouse gas emissions from farm level dairy production by the year 2050. Here's Vice President David Weens.
2: From 1990 to 2019, we've decreased our our carbon footprint for for milk production by uh, 24% on a per liter of milk basis. In terms of water usage on the farm, you know, uh, needed to uh, produce one kilogram of milk, that has been reduced by 6% over the last uh, number of years. And then the land usage uh, has gone down by 11% in terms of, of uh, maintaining the, the milk production that we have today. So there's been some great strides that have been uh, made here, and uh, we're continuing along that line.
0: And Civita International is partnering with Manitoba farmers to produce food-grade soybeans for high-value markets around the world, including Asia, Europe, Africa, and North America. One of those farmers is Scott Perkin of Elgin.
2: The decision to go with food grade soybeans last year was uh, just to explore and and be involved in in a very unique market. It's an IP program, so it's identity preserved. So we get to track that crop right from from seed stock to which field it was in. Every load is tracked uh, right all the way to the end user. So you know, literally gate to plate tracking of of the product, which I as a grower um, uh, appreciate and understand. And uh, there's definitely a need for that in the in the market.
0: The global soy food market is expected to grow by over 5% between 2021 and 2026. About 25,000 acres of non-GMO soybeans were grown in Manitoba last year. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll hear from food professor Dr. Sylvain Charlebois. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.